0: Hey all you Arizona lovers, this is the Finding Arizona podcast episode number 311. I am your host Jose. Thank you so much for listening. Today's guest is the wonderful public information officer for Not My Kid. His name is Shane Watson. We got to get to know him a little bit. It was very, very good conversation to have with him and he is a a absolute delight to have as a representation for this program. So we will hope that you guys will check out all the links in their bio and make sure that you stay connected with them. This is a very fantastic organization for prevention specialists and things like that. Um, We hope that you guys really do connect with all of the every guest who come through our doors because we do take the time to put all of their links in so that you guys can stay connected with them. That being said, stay connected with us at FindingArizonaPodcast.com. We make it easy for you guys to connect with us. All of our links are Finding Arizona Podcast social media wise. If you want to become a super fan, there's Patreon. Patreon.com slash podcast. Uh, it will lead us into my favorite part, which is the community corkboard. Now, if you send us a line at podcast at gmail.com, we will shout you out like the following events. Our dear friends over at State 48 are putting another fundraising opportunity and it's their traditional tattoo fundraiser. You can sign up for it over online and you can also guarantee your spot. Usually the spots run around $200. So make sure that you sign up quickly. And this is fundraising for State, Arizona State 48 foundation our next event is oh, taking place over at the arizona wilderness brewing company it is their get wild get young uh, phoenix young professionals uh, networking opportunity this is taking place over wednesday january 26 from 5 30 to 8 30 again over at the arizona brewing company in downtown 201 east roosevelt street phoenix sign up through eventbrite and we hope to catch you over there that'll lead us to the end of our intro and into the actual episode this is episode number 311 with not my kid organization i hope to see you on the next episode take care y'all Welcome back, everybody, to the Finding Arizona podcast. I'm your host, Jose. As always, we bring in very special guests every week. Today is no different. Ladies and gentlemen, you can see from his shirt, Not My Kid. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to Shane Watson from Not My Kid. Welcome, Shane.
1: Good morning. Thank you so much for having me here. I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely.
0: I am very excited to have a conversation with you. One of the things that people know about me is that I'm a new uh, parent. I have a son who's 10 months. I am very uh, adamant about, you know, raising him, guiding him, uh, you know, doing educating him about the world and or what's going on around him. Um, I know it's not easy sometimes. And this is kind of the, the topic, especially being this time of year, the holidays can get rough, can get tough. Um, so I'm glad to have this conversation with you and just get into it a little bit. Uh, can you answer me this question? Uh, give us your origin story on how you came to be working with Not My Kid.
1: Wow, that is quite a story. Uh, Actually, in January, I'm coming up on nine years with the organization. Nice. Uh, I started with the organization because I'm an individual in long-term recovery. November 29th, just uh, last month, was 10 years sober for me. And I was the kid that everybody looked at on paper and said, this is the perfect kid. I grew up in an amazing home with wonderful parents with whom I still have a great relationship. Mm -hmm. I got good grades. I played sports, like you name it. In junior high, I started going through some really vicious bullying at the hands of my classmates, ended up stumbling upon alcohol as a curiosity. When I tried alcohol for the first time, I was like, man, I suddenly don't feel so bad about myself. Got a little bit farther into certain substances in high school, started experimenting with marijuana. College became prescription drug misuse. Mm -hmm. By the time I graduated from college, the floodgates were open. I ended up going down. A nearly 20 year path of substance use. I was incarcerated twice. Um, at one point was looking at the possibility of a three to five year prison sentence, ended up a convicted felon. And as a result of the decisions I made the last night I drank or used November 28, 2011, nearly lost my own life. And I found myself, you know, in recovery in that first year saying, you know, I'm different than I used to be. But because of that felony, my university degree was virtually worthless. So first of all, nobody would hire me, even for anything, like you name it, I could not get hired. Second of all, I felt like I don't want my experience to be for nothing. And so I was like, I really feel like I want to use my story and my experience and my passion to help other people. I was about um, nine months sober, and I ran into a guy that used to speak for not my kid. He heard my story and said, go apply there. I said, I have a felony. And he said, do you have any crimes against children? I said, no, absolutely not. He said, go there. They probably won't hire you till you're a year sober, but at least get your foot in their door, get your name in there. So I went yeah. in there. They wanted to bend the rules for me. The, the executive director at the time is like, we don't want to let you go. Like we want to hire you on the spot, but the rules are rules. Uh, I end up getting hired at a, at a year sober. And within three months, I you know, was initially hired as a part-time youth educator speaking on substance use, sharing my story along with coping skills and things like that. But three months in, I was made full time and then I was made staff. And then here we are coming up on nine years later. I've done over 600 speaking engagements throughout the United States for the organization. I've done over 150 TV interviews. I've reached around 150,000 people. Yeah. And my duties for the organization have absolutely just taken off. And like I wear mini hats. So that's a very long answer to a short question, but I think it's important to understand why I'm still nine years later so driven. Mm-hmm. to do the things that we do and not my kid.
0: Absolutely. I think one of the, one of the questions that I want to ask you is now, how do you wait that three months, especially in such a vulnerable state of like, you know, your life being kind of where it, where it was at that point, how do you, how do you, what was that conversation to yourself? What was that feeling like, especially being rejected in something? Cause you knew it was coming. You knew it like you kind of knew, saw it coming.
1: I understood that they had to stick with their policy, and the executive director at the time, uh, Jill Woods, who's an incredible person, who ended up hiring me, said, "You know, I want I want to hire you right now. We don't want to let you get away because I know somebody else is going to grab you if we don't." What really worked out well though is in that interim three months, my daughter was born. Oh wow! And I got to spend the first sixty days with her. Not having to go to work. You know, we had a little bit of money put away. We got some help from family. So we made it through. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it was such a huge blessing. It was a gift because I got to spend the first 60 days of her life with her, not even having to go to a job. So it all ended up working out. The timing was perfect. I was a little disappointed when I was told no at first, but I'm like, I completely get it. I completely understand.
0: Yeah. I, I'm just, yeah, again, one of those things that you and I share in common is, yeah, that vulnerability in that state that you were in, especially that first 60 days of being with your child. Um, I can relate 100%. I was uh, a little bit in between jobs and I just spent time with my son and just that that feeling of fatherhood uh, really did some good for me eternally um, about some internal stuff working out and I don't know if you've gone through the same pace or same kind of situation, but I would like to ask this is like, between that state of like having not not a job and being with your family and previously almost going through a life threatening experience yeah the scope of it all is just immense was there anything in that timeline was like cuz i'll be honest when he started crying and you know i can't help but other than just hold him and you yep. know that 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 state of like I can't do anything for him other than be his dad and be his, be his parent for you. For me, it was hard. I can't imagine being someone in a vulnerable state of, you know, just life all wish, you know, up in the air and things like that. Was there something that you said to yourself or something that you kind of like motivated? Was there something internally keeping you going?
1: At which point, like, Which point in the story, Uh, the that that end
0: part where they told, you no, you're with your daughter in that time frame
1: because I knew she was coming. And whether it was that job or it was something else, whatever it was, I had to make it happen. And I had faith that it was going to happen. At the very least, what I could say to myself is, man, I'm not living in the chaos that I was living in back when I was drinking and using. Now, life was still really rough at the time. I was on probation for a while. I had to have permission to be at the hospital when she was born. I had to check in with my surveillance officer, my probation officer. And you're talking about, you know, really kind of odd beginnings to, to her story. But what I told myself is at least I am sober right now. And at least she will never know that dad who I was years ago. Cause in in all that chaos and all that unhealthy negative decision-making the one good decision that I did make through all those years was intentionally made a point to not have kids because I didn't want a child to suffer because I didn't have my act together. So even though it was a little precarious and it was like, man, money's tight, bills due, I can't start with them until January. I was like, you know, let me look at what's right. And what's good about this situation. It was like, she's here. She's healthy. I'm healthy. And like, you know, I've got hope. I've got hope. And if you got hope, you can, you can get things done. Absolutely.
0: So, um, I, I got into your story a little bit and I, you know, we're kind of skewing a little bit off, not my kid, but one of the things that is just so important, I think really speaks to a lot is that exposure from real life is what we do here at this podcast is exposure to the real life uh, entrepreneur, the business owner behind it. And I think that speaks a lot to um, those who listen. is just that want to understand and they want, you know, some kind of connection. And I think uh, one of the questions that I had was, I know not, not my kid was probably not there at the point. Was there dare or anything for you? Like during high school time, was there anything like that was helping? Like, was there anything like that? Like not my kid um, early on in your own life, but also it's like, was there something about not my kid that made you kind of be like, okay, this is, you know, this is where I want to be.
1: You know, I didn't have anything quite like not my kid. The programs that we had when I was a kid were heavily based in fear and scare tactics. And, and I'm not saying that there's not a value in letting kids know the genuine dangers involved with drugs and alcohol, especially to their brain that yeah. isn't fully developed yet. Cause all, you know, THC, nicotine, alcohol, prescription drugs, street drugs affect the developing adolescent brain differently than the fully developed adult brain. So it's not that that's not true, but the way that they went about it, going in and just completely coming with fear. And Mm -hmm. we found out later on that some of the things that they told us were half truths and certain things they told us about one drug in particular were outright lies. And when we found that out, don't ever lie to kids. When we found that out, that that one thing they told us wasn't true, everything they told us began to unravel and I'm like, Boy, I'm starting to not trust adults in general talking about substance use. So what I like about Not My Kid is we will talk about the real gravity and the repercussions involved with substance use, but we don't go in there fear-based. What we'll do is we'll have someone go in there, and if they do have a personal story of addiction and recovery, talk about why they started. Talk about what's the price they paid. Talk about why they liked it, because we'll be honest. Like, here's the reason why I stayed stuck in it, but here's the price I paid for it. Yeah, Because if we act like, you know, oh, I never enjoyed any moment of it, kids are like, you're lying about that too. But what we need to explain is how much the, the downside outweighed the, you know, whatever upside, if you want to call it that. And we'll go in there and share that experience. But more importantly... We're not just there sharing war stories. We get done with that and we talk about, let me tell you what I do differently today that you can incorporate. Let me talk about the healthy coping skills that I use and and let's talk about what healthy coping skills you would like to use. Let's talk about the people that I've got that I trust to have my back. Let's figure out who has your back. And it's not just a lecture, it's also a dialogue. There's an engagement there. So it's, it's 180 degrees from the programs we had when I was a kid. I wish we would have had someone like not my kid. Now I was in middle school and high school a long time ago before the organization was founded. But if maybe if somebody had approached us, not lecturing, not condescending, not fear-based, saying, I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm here to tell you what I did and what happened because of it. And I'd like to share that with you and maybe benefit you. I might've said, you know what? I'll listen to what you have to say, but because of the approach of these people back in the day, it turned so many kids off for sure.
0: For sure. And that's, that's kind of like um, the reason why I think this program is so different. And just why I connect to it on doing my own research and looking at the individuals involved and just kind of what you guys are also doing outside of just the one-to-one classes. One of the things that I'd, Just previously brought to brought up was the podcast and what uh, I think we talked off air. That's why I'm thinking about it. But it's like you do have a podcast that kind of exposes and brings to light these stories. Can you talk a little bit more about that and the different programs that not my kid might have as well that I missed?
1: There are so many facets to what we do right now. You know, we've been talking about those prevention presentations, which is how the organization was founded back in 2000. But we've since expanded out to include the full continuum of mental and behavioral health and wellness programs. So we start with prevention programs. We'll go out and we'll speak to classroom size, assembly size. We'll speak to students, parents, school, faculty on so many different topics now. Substance use, internet safety, bullying, depression, self-injury, suicide, body image, healthy relationships, depression. Uh, I already mentioned that uh, stress and anxiety is another one. So that's part of it. Then the next degree and the next step in is we have an early intervention program called Project Rewind, where we help middle school and high school students who are dealing with mild to moderate substance use issues. They're past the point of prevention, they've started experimenting, but they're not so far down that path that they require like an intensive outpatient program or a rehab stay. Then beyond that, we're licensed as of a year ago, we're licensed by the state of Arizona as an outpatient treatment facility. So we do individual family and group counseling. And uh, back in November, just last month, we launched our peer support program called Inspire. It involves in person connection and a proprietary app that we had designed where we will connect young people who are in recovery or they want to be in recovery. They need support, not just for substance use, but for any mental or behavioral health challenge. We will connect them with a certified peer support specialist, mm-hmm. and check in with them daily. How are you doing? So that if that kid's at school, let's say, you know, that they're 10 days sober and they're they they do not want to drink or use and they go to the bathroom and man, everybody's vaping in there. Everybody's hitting wax pens. They can step out and text or FaceTime or whatever with their peer support specialist. I'm tempted. Can I talk to you right now? Yeah, let's connect. Do you want to come by the office? Like, do you want to talk on the phone? Yeah. And we've expanded out to include wellness programs so we just recently opened a 13,000 square foot facility called the well where we're offering wellness programs like yoga meditation music therapy art therapy and then you mentioned the podcast i'm a little partial to it because i'm the host uh we are on season three we are 35 episodes in and you talked about how you have people come and share some of their experiences we've had parents come on the show who've lost a child to suicide or lost a child to overdose who come and share their experience so that other families can hopefully gain knowledge from that and make sure that it doesn't happen to their child. We've had parenting experts, child psychologists. We've had educators. Uh, you You and I were talking off air that we just had the most recent episode. We had an individual by the name of Alonzo, AJ Jones, who is a mentor. He's a public speaker. He's an author. And his focal point is heavily... Raising young men, late high school age, college age, teaching them to be responsible, teaching them to live those young adult years with the future in mind. And so we've had so many pieces to what we do, not my kid. We have a blog, we have a Facebook families group. We've really branched out from that initial thing where what we were was a prevention organization that did presentations in schools. There's a lot more going on as you as you indicated.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the best thing that you can kind of do is that um, to make the biggest effect is to throw the biggest net. I think that's one of the things that I've kind of learned from this experience. Um, you yourself is just I think there wouldn't be a lot to say about someone like yourself that is just such a energy ball of like like you said you've done interview after interview and to go from that to go to the podcast I know what it takes from you from the individual what it takes from you I just want to say kudos to your recovery to the podcast all of it because I the energy and the the motivation, all the willpower to do all of these kind of stuff, and to expose yourself to, especially someone like I, I'm a fairly well balanced person, and to hear some stories that we've had on here, especially from nonprofits that have individuals who are experienced, it, it gets me every time. Like I get emotional, and it, it it I look at my son, I look at the the family that I have. And I very much uh, appreciate those moments. So again, that's just to say kudos to you. I'd like to get into more of kind of the, um, Oh, I'm sorry. the The different like events or anything that you guys do, especially during the holidays, it's this is a very critical time. As most people know, you're spending a lot more time in uh, different environments that may cause you to, you know, be exposed to certain elements and may trigger you in some some sort of fashion. Are there anything? that you guys do besides the the app um, that you guys like to focus in on the holiday season, or is there anything that you guys look to the future, like maybe for January or the next upcoming year that you would like to shout out?
1: Yeah, what what we're doing right now, we just recently released a blog which I wrote um, called uh, Holiday Self-Care for Parents and the Eight Dimensions of Wellness. While we are a youth-focused nonprofit, if we are not helping the parents take care of themselves, they can't be the best version of themselves for their kids. You know, if we we can do all we want to educate and empower a kid and if they're going into an environment where people aren't applying those same skills and those same things to keep them their their environment healthy, you know, that kid going back into that unhealthy environment, they're going to end up starting to lose some of that progress. And so, um seasonally, we we released a blog that I wrote called Holiday Self-Care for Parents in the 8 Dimensions of Wellness. Talking about ways that parents can take care of themselves because holidays, you know, it's it's stressful to be a parent all year long. It's the most, 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 you know, empowering, the most important, the most wonderful thing you will ever do. But it is a lot of work, as you, as you know, being a dad now. And so parents can get, you know, especially around the holidays, things can start really start to wear us down, and that can have an impact on our children. I liken it to when. You go on an airplane, and they're doing the pre-flight safety instructions. Yeah, and they will do the oh, the announcement, and they will have flight attendants demonstrate the masks that drop down. And they always tell you, parents traveling with young children, put your own mask on first before you put your child's mask on. As a parent, it is instinctual in us to take care of our own child's our child's needs before we even think of our own, and and we should we should be that way. That makes a good parent, but on the airplane if you run out of oxygen and you pass out because you were trying to put their mask on and you hadn't put yours on how much help are you going to be that child if you are unconscious and then you can't still can't get their mask on and so i I don't even like using the term selfish but there's a concept called healthy selfishness but it's not even selfish it's basically healthy self-care Yes. so seasonally what we're focusing on right now is helping parents understand how they can take care of themselves year long actually in order to then have have their kids be as healthy as possible. What we've got coming up in the new year in April we're gonna have our annual Gala fundraising event. We haven't been able to have it the last little while because of COVID. We had our 20-year anniversary uh, of our of our launch of our organization. In 2020, we had this huge Gala, huge fundraising event planned in April. And as you know, March is when COVID really hit the United States. And for everyone's safety, we had to had to, you know, cancel that. So this April. We're having our really big fundraising event. Um, and that is such an important thing for Not My Kid. It allows members of the community to come, hear about what it is that we've been doing, the yeah. successes we've had. A lot of times we'll share some, what we call mission moments at that, at that uh, event where we talk about some of the amazing successes we've had during the year. Kids whose lives have been saved or lives have been changed. It's also really important for us because that is a big part of our fundraising. You know, as a nonprofit, we live and die by fundraising and in order for us to be out there and help those kids and those families and parents and schools, we need to have the funds to equip the staff to be able to go out there and do that. So that's the next really huge thing on the horizon. But also in the not too distant future, I fully anticipate that with our new 13,000 square foot wellness campus, which includes a very large room that we call the training room, it's perfect for public events. We will probably be having some uh, community events there, talking on the mental and behavioral health and wellness topics that we speak on. So we'll have some educational events for parents and families for kids as well. That's that's wonderful.
0: I just again, all of these things make me happy, just because I know that it's 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 definitely important. One of the aspects that I always learned from the nonprofit is, yeah, at the end of the day, it is it is asking for help. It is um, helping you know, asking your fellow man for help. And so that's why I love doing these conversations, just because it's, it's, to me, everyone deserves a chance at the table, whether it's, you know, I don't, it could be the smallest little business or the biggest, giant. like, you know, you deserve a chance to to tell your, your story. And so I think uh, one of the biggest things that I like to do is say, I'm the person who really does want, everyone to come sit with me for a little bit and just tell me everything about it because that's the thing that i think will definitely go a long way is just showing your enthusiasm showing how much love and care goes into every single event and that's what you're showing me shane like honestly i uh i have Really, really enjoyed this conversation with you. You're definitely someone who leaves it all on the table because, uh, you know, I didn't expect you to tell me this much about your your true beginnings, but I do appreciate it. Uh, One of the other things that I'd like to ask now is kind of like towards what keeps you maintained like, uh, I like to get a little bit more personal with the the person I'm talking to. Is there something in your routine, uh, morning, evening, afternoon, that you keep that keeps you balanced and, and focused? And, you know, maybe it's something that you mantra meditation, whatever it may be, let us know.
1: That's a really good question. And I think those things, putting those pieces in place, I think that's important for anyone. Now, obviously, as an individual in recovery, someone who is has had to learn how to deal with life without drugs and alcohol, it's yeah. even more important. And those things are really important for me. Um, none of them are complicated. None of them are difficult, but if I get complacent and I stop putting certain pieces in place each day, yeah. I'm starting to slip back into being that unhealthy person. Whether or not that leads me back to relapse is another thing, but I still don't wanna do anything less than thrive. So the things that, that are really huge to me, number one is um, time with family. Uh, My daughter just turned nine years old. She's absolutely incredible. She and my wife, uh, you know, I love spending time with them, just hanging out at home. Yeah. uh, Whatever it is that we're doing together, like really connecting with them. I still visit with my parents very frequently. I enjoy time with them, time with friends. So connecting with the people that I love is a big part of it. Faith is a big thing for me. So prayer is a big part of it for me. Yeah. Uh, Reading my Bible. I like to sit out in the sun every day for one hour. I sit in the sun and I read books. So um, that time where I leave my phone behind, I quiet my mind down, there's no digital distractions and I'm getting sun and that sunlight, you know, it's not just vitamin D. I've been reading some research lately about why it makes such a big difference. Second only to exercise, sunlight is what really allows me to keep my mood regulated. And there's exercise. Uh, I work out six out of seven days of the week. I take one day off. And then another big part of what keeps me balanced is what you see here behind me, uh, records. I collect records, um, got 3,000 albums on vinyl, uh, about 2,500 CDs, 80,000 MP3s, and music is something that allows me to get that dopamine release, that release of the feel-good neurotransmitters without drugs or alcohol. Nice. It allows me to really feel something. And, you know, without any negative repercussions that come from drugs or alcohol, the right song can give me chills. The right song can mm-hmm. pump me up. The right song can calm me down. And then the last thing, and this is really big. And this is where, Connecting with Not My Kid was so important for me. Serving others. I had jobs in the years prior to Not My Kid, and I worked for some great companies, some great organizations. I was successful, but I never felt like, I was, I never felt like this is what I'm here to do. This is what I was put on the earth to do. At not my kid, I I go to bed every day saying I did at least one thing today that really mattered. And that is the big difference this time in me making it to 10 years sober, whereas years prior, I might have made it to a year or six months or whatever. Yeah, that sense of purpose through serving others. And sometimes serving others can be as simple as I check in with somebody through some text messages and they express to me they're having a difficult day. And I get my phone call and I let them talk and I just listen. And, and, you know, maybe they want advice. Maybe they don't, maybe they just want me to listen, but connecting with people to where I am giving something to them that is making their life better. Yeah. That is something that I do every day. Sometimes it's more formal through not my kids. Sometimes it's more informal through somebody that just connected with me personally. Yeah. So those are the big ones that really come to mind.
0: Yeah. I really enjoyed the dopamine part because that's the thing that I think really is the the hit the nail on the head kind of it's not like regulating but it's it's sort of like regulating you the feel the emotion that you have coming off of that you know getting away from the drugs and alcohol but moving towards a more specialty like i still get the feeling but it is this more different well-versed just something else that is good for me. And I, I, I have that same feeling when I go, when I'm physical and when I'm running, that's, that's my thing. I love to run. And and that's my thing that gets me my do dopamine's going and i'm so glad that i am where i am because i can go do that on trails and area and the other thing i wanted to say what a way to uh shout out phoenix without shouting out phoenix it's just like being able to sit in the sun for one hour and just throughout the day and just like not have to worry about clouds overcast anything it's a perfect place to live it's like or a perfect, it's a wonderful place to live to to have that uh, a part of your routine lastly I like to get a little bit because you brought up the all of the music and Mm -hmm. give us your number or what's your vinyl Christmas album that you're listening to right now this season? Like, what's the one that you're like, this is it? Like, this is holiday in an album. Oh, he's he's got it already, right there. Can I
1: can I grab it? Yeah, go for it. I'll be off screen for five seconds. Hold on. Go
0: for it. I love this. This is gonna be so fun. I mean, look at it all. This is just like he's not kidding. There's so many albums. I'm looking at there's, some of
1: There's two of them. Okay. Oh, and one, okay. one of them, one of them technically is a Christmas album. It is Vince Guaraldi Trio's Charlie Brown Christmas. Yes, I just watched it the other day. <laughs> this is like instant nostalgia for me. Um, it is, I, I just, it makes me so happy. My favorite track is called "Skating." Uh, it's, it's. I love it. You know, I used to watch the Christmas special as a kid growing up, and then even if I subtract the nostalgia from it. It's just a great album. Number two, and this isn't technically a holiday or Christmas album, but Miles Davis is kind of blue. I knew you know (laughs) what? I knew you were going to do this to me. And I knew you were going to pull out the jazz album because that's, again,
0: to me, I would have to say jazz is that holiday feeling for me. It's like something about it is just to me, it, it feels more you know, that, that
1: you get it. You yeah, get it. I get yeah.
0: it. Thank you so much for making this a, a very good time to be doing this kind of like back and forth kind of uh, I love that you love music because it does. I do have my eclectic music genre. And, and so I had to ask that because you have so like, there has to be one that you're just like constantly yeah. listening to right now. Uh, so again, thank you again for, for letting me have that moment with you. Yeah. Towards the end here, we're reaching uh, the end. I like to ask, what can you give us a little bit of goals, things that you may think or know from your own kind of experience? Because I know there are, it's a team or a group of uh, that does not my kid, but it's like, is there goals that you guys? I know you probably have meetings that you guys know about for the future, the things that you are heading towards, things that you guys. I know the opening of the new space is very vital and important. And then the next event, which is the gala fundraiser, would probably be another thing that you guys are talking about. But is ultimately for 2022, uh, is there something, a goal that we can throw out to our listeners that they can help you reach?
1: It's a big one. Uh, and it has to do with the, the well, uh, which is our wellness facility we are leasing it right now we eventually want to own it outright and we also want to do a variety of improvements on it okay we are looking at a funding campaign uh you know and i and i and i don't know the exact number i believe it may be around a five million dollar funding campaign within the next two to three years got it and um this is the kind of thing where we want to make the improvements that are necessary. And we eventually want to, we want to buy this. We want to make this a permanent fixture Yeah. in Phoenix, in Scottsdale. And so we, you know, we're in talks with a variety of different donors and things like that. And um, so that's a big part of it. That's a major goal. And then in the well, as you mentioned, really launching the programs and getting it going consistently. Yeah. Now, we've already started doing that. We've already started having early intervention there. We've started having peer support sessions there, yoga. So it's it's, we, it's beginning to take off, but we want to get it up to full speed and get the public to be people who maybe have never even heard of us, never even heard of Not My Kid, never even heard of The Well, get for more familiar with who we are and how we're able to support them. Mm-hmm. We don't want any family out there who is facing a mental or behavioral health challenge with their child to feel like they have to fight that battle alone. Then we also want the public to realize you don't have to be dealing with a mental or behavioral health crisis with your child to benefit from our programs. Yeah. You may have a kid that you've seen no issues with, no challenges, anything like that. Well, in order to keep them healthy, they can still benefit from things like yoga, meditation, art therapy, music therapy, support Mm -hmm. groups. I fully advocate someone getting plugged into a supportive community like this, like the well, even if they're not dealing with anything like that. Yeah. So really getting the well fully up to speed is a major goal for 2022, making that gala fundraising event as great as it possibly can be. Uh, that's another huge thing as well. So I would say that those are the two biggest ones that come to mind right now. And then growing that peer support program, we launched it in November, we've already got kids in the program, we've already got peer support specialists working with them. But that's the kind of thing where I could eventually see the peer support program potentially being our biggest program at Not My Kids somewhere down the road.
0: Yeah. I think that has the untapped potential of being something really great and big for this for this community especially being Phoenix and the greater greater Phoenix area um, it's again when technology hits the vital point that we need like something that is lacking I think that's something that is um, untapped potential when you when you target it with a piece of technology that eventually really help uh, but uh kudos i mean again i hope and wish and and have nothing but great feelings for you guys and and positive vibes for you guys um thank you again shane this has been 100 what the conversation i wanted it to be i didn't cry because you didn't get into too much emotional stuff but again i've I've cried, like I've teared up on these nonprofits just because it's it's, it's so emotional, especially with, you know, dealing with kids and uh, you know, that's, that's another level, but again, thank you again. This conversation has been wonderful. Uh, At the end, I like to leave it to you to let everyone know where they can find you online, all the social media handles, everything go right ahead. Shane, take it away.
1: I love it. Thank you so much. And thank you for this conversation. This is absolutely fantastic. Uh, One stop shop for all things Not My Kid is first, I would mention the website, notmykid.org. That's notmykid.org. You can find out all kinds of information about our organization, our staff. Our calendar when we have upcoming events, we're in the process of really getting that up to speed. Yeah. The podcast is linked on the website, the blog is linked on the website, and there's a donation form. If someone wants to donate, they can do it through there as well. The podcast is called Win This Year. That's W I N, Win This Year. The direct hosting site is winthisyear.buzzsprout.com. But we are on most major podcast platforms Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music uh amazon uh echo things like that and then the our social media it varies depending on which platform it's on just search not my kid all r- run together as one word okay. on facebook not my kid uh on instagram it's notmykid.org spelled out so it's d o t o r g notmykid.org somebody already had not my kid got it those are the really big ones and then one more that i would add is our youtube Uh, it's, um, not my kid vids, N O T M Y K I D S V I D S not my kid vids. There's a lot of inspiring. You talk about things that might bring you to tears. There is a lot of inspiring content up there. We've, uh, used that as a platform for some individuals to share their stories. There's a story up there by a father named Barry Adkins about the loss of his son, Kevin to alcohol poisoning. It's called Kevin's story. Mm -hmm. It is intense. It is powerful. Um, but everything, I would point it all back to the website, notmykid.org.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Shane. I Again, this is one of those things that I enjoy doing every season uh, for this time of year, having the nonprofits come in and just let them know. It's like, we're still here. We're still in need. We still... We want to do great things and we want to make a, a big effect. And so for me just to be able to have this moment with you and to have this moment with not my kid has been truly moving. So before I go, ladies and gentlemen, you can hear every episode of our podcast at finding Arizona We make it easy for you guys to connect with us and tell us who you want in next. That's all under finding Arizona podcast, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, last but not least, if you want to become a super fan, there's a place for you to, go to do so. Patreon.com slash finding podcast there. You'll receive bonus content in return turn for supporting us that concludes our episode here with shade Concludes our episode with not my kid at the end of every episode we always say kisses hugs and belly rubs good night y'all